Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I wanted to invite you all to join our social media just to keep up to date on any channel announcements, as well as our Patreon page, Sci-Fi Unchained Stories, where you can find tons of exclusive content, such as science fiction short stories, science fiction treatises, concept art, videos from old episodes. So if you enjoy the show, hop on over and support the channel. It'll create a whole bunch of new and exciting opportunities. Thank you guys so much for your avid listenership and support. Now enjoy the show. Okay, hello everyone. Let's get into it. Bad Batch Episode 2. And as always, spoilers ahead. So this episode, being Episode 2, can be summarized in this way. Get to Seleucami. Immediately try and get off Seleucami. Um, that, that's really all that I, I think at first they were going to go to Seleucami to try and hide out with Cut Laquain and, and get his advice on how to lay low and everything. Cause that's not their style, right? The Bad Batch's style is run and gun, uh, you know, wreck and demolish, uh, take out whole companies of droids and, that's no longer their world. So they're in a they're in a really weird place, right? Where they have to figure out a new way to survive, right? They they're deserters. And that's something that um that Echo uh mentions whenever they go to Cut Laquain. Says, Hey, you trust a deserter? And Tech is like, Well, we're all deserters now, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, you you really are. Um, so I really like that we got to see Cut Laquain and his family again. I didn't think we were going to see them so soon, but it was figured out, of course, by super fans after the ending of the first episode. Uh, from Tech saying the the coordinates or or whatever that they were going to go to Seleucami. So it was already speculated that we'd be seeing Cut Laquain and his family again. Now, this episode was understandably slower, mostly because the entirety of episode one did not follow a basic plot structure. There, there, was, there was almost no um, curve right? No rising, immediate critical action, and then uh, winding down to a resolution. No, no. It was all rising action. <laughs> Immediately. First five minutes, Order 66, and we hear Depa Balaba's death screams. Um, then we get back to Camino, and tensions are still rising. They're still really high. Uh, we get to the training ground with Tarkin adding live fire phase one dark trooper looking things and the the tension rises even more and then they're all uh, they they get sent to uh, go take out all of these refugees led by Saul Guerrera and uh, tensions rise even more because crosshair and uh, they they get back and tensions rise even more because the uh, the Coruscanti shock troopers and Tarkin have them arrested, 
and tensions rise even more whenever they escape and they have to fight Crosshair and all of those shock troopers to escape. There, there was no, the, if any resolution, it was the last two minutes when they're in the, they're in the ship escaping and saying they're going to Seleucami. That is it. So to me, I'm counting this entire second episode as their sort of resolution. That resolution being, okay, we need to figure out how to lay low. Uh, we need to, you know, check in with all of the friends that we know that we have uh, that that we can rely on, and and we need to find maybe some survivors or or clones that didn't follow through with this order, or maybe we need to work as mercenaries. They they didn't quite get there. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to get there in this next episode. But um, I, I believe this season is going to be 16 episodes. And if it follows very much like how the Clone Wars went, because Clone Wars did not start off this way. But to be fair, Clone Wars couldn't start off this way from its inception. Right. Bad Batch could. Bad Batch could start off this way because it had the entirety of Clone Wars before it as a sort of prelude. Right. So most people who watched Bad Batch watched Clone Wars. So they already know what's going on. Um, even if you just watched the movies and you didn't watch Clone Wars, you can understand what's going on in the first five seconds. Right. They're in the middle of the Clone Wars. Order 66 happens. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with this. I've seen episode three. I know what happens. So, okay, this is them actually following through with Order 66. That's kind of cool. Um, I, I have a couple of friends that have absolutely not watched Clone Wars. They don't want to do it. They feel like it's quote-unquote homework. Uh -huh. And I can kind of understand that sentiment, right? Um, if, say, I watch you know, some, some other kind of show. I, I try to get my, my, fr some of my friends to watch Stargate and I, I kept trying to tell them, look, dude, just suffer through, suffer through the first season or two. It gets really, really good. And they're like, no, I can't do it. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> well, I, I very much can understand you know, people not wanting to slug through the muck and, and the the sort of kiddish stuff that's in the first season or two of Clone Wars and then get to, like, the really, really good stuff. Um, like Savage Opress, just tearing Jedi apart and uh, Darth Maul, um, Ventress and her arcs. Grievous and the, it, like there's a whole bunch of really, really awesome gems littered throughout this quote unquote kids show. And I, I can get where people might not want to suffer like 10% of childish hokey stuff for 90% of super awesomeness. I understand, but it's kind of lame and yeah, I mean, just suffer through it. Come on. Every show is going to have stuff like that. Stinking Trekkies. Uh, anyway. 
so episode two, this, I, I really like this episode because it has that classic Clone Wars feel of its sort of lesson tropes, right? Like Hunter clearly has plenty to learn in terms of how to get along with this kid, Omega. And Cut Queen is trying to like show an example to Hunter. And Hunter's like, uh, he, he realizes really quick. He's like, I'm no good at this. This isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. This isn't what I was trained for, what I was bred for. Like she's clearly better off with Cut Queen and his family. And he's completely right. <laughs> he is 100% right. Omega has no business whatsoever being on the run with wanted super commando soldiers. <laughs> she is a child. I, I don't care if she is force sensitive. I don't care if she's not force sensitive, but she's super heightened. Uh, like she, she can kind of pinpoint, you know, predict what's going to happen in the future. Because like I said earlier, if you technically, if you have enough compiled data and enough accurate predictions and testing, you could predict some part of the future. Right. Like if I leave a, a, you know, piece of cheese out for far too long, I know exactly what's going to happen. That cheese, it's going to mold, it's going to turn gross and nasty and I won't be good for me to eat. Well, I, I guess it could depending on what type, what type of cheese and what type of mold it would culture. But regardless, I know that mold is going to be there and I know it's not going to be very pleasant and it's going to attract insects. So I, I, I know that part of the cheese's future based off of extrapolations of past uh, experiences. And you could insert that with anything, right? Like if you drive 10 miles, you, you know there's going to be less gas in your car. So just tiny little things like that. It, it, to, to me, she may not be force sensitive, but she could have a certain part of her brain where the force sensitivity would resonate in a regular being and have those awareness like nodes where neurons are firing in, in her brain, in her neural network dialed up to a hundred. So like maybe in, in layman's terms, she has the audience power, <laughs> right? Where, if, if you're watching episode one, I bet you anything, at least 70% of the people watching were like, oh, Crosshair is going to betray him. That's going to be a pivotal point of this episode. Crosshair is going to turn on the Bad Batch. They're going to have to fight him and escape. Or at least fight him. Or at least he's going to turn on them. One of those things is going to happen. Right? That's essentially what she has. If, if you can recognize the writing and the patterns that it takes uh, and, and the tropes that the, these writers kind of adhere to and use to tell stories, you can predict fully what's going to happen. So take that and morph it into what a character would have, and that's what I would call the audience power, right? The, the audience predictability power. 
Maybe she has that. <laughs> I don't know. Because we, we see Hunter have his heightened senses and is able to tell whenever she's around. So maybe she has things like that, uh, part of Tech's brain, um, part of whatever makes Crosshair an expert marksman, um, Wrecker's recklessness and enthusiasm. Uh, a, buddy, a buddy of mine theorized that Omega is all of the Bad Batch kind of boiled down into this one little girl. I have a theory that she is aging naturally. Tech says specifically that she is nine years old. That's interesting to me because at this point in the Clone Wars, sifo had come to them, I want to say 13 years prior, maybe 14 years prior to this episode. So the Kaminoans would have been well in their way of, of the cloning process, right? I don't think that Nala Say created Omega or Omega, as she likes to call herself, this adorable little Aussie voice actress. Um, I, 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 I think she's Nala Say's personal force sensitive or, or super enhanced clone experiment. And she just told Lama Sue some sort of technicality. And he thinks, oh, okay. You know, she she's just meant to be Nalase's lab assistant, and she she's just a super clone in that she she has a, a large prefrontal cortex. She can sift through information real quickly. But the the way Nalase acts and and uh, again how she held those bay doors open for the batch so they could escape Crosshair and take Omega with her. Nala say knew Omega was with them. She knows where Omega is at all times, right? She, th this is her little lab experiment. So she knew Omega was with the batch and she knew that the batch was the best way for Omega to get off Camino because she wants her experiment safe and away from um, Lama Sue and from Palpatine's clutches, especially, I think especially if she's a Force-sensitive clone. I don't think she wants that falling in, into this new Emperor's hands. But um, I really hope we see Cut Queen later on down the road in this season, if not this show, if it has multiple seasons. Because I want him to be more than just a one-off character. I, I really like that they brought him back for this show already. I, I don't mind that they're rehashing some old Clone Wars characters because it means that, you know, they meant more in the Clone Wars show than just the one or two episodes that they were in in the Clone Wars. Now they have a deeper, more longevity style meaning. Um, that's probably the wrong word, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> because they're showing up in other properties and contributing to the overall narrative. So the, the big question was, 
should Omega go with Cutler Queen and his family and try to have a somewhat normal life as a child and be raised by, you know, parents that actually want kids and want a family and want a quiet life? Or should she remain with her sort of version of Din Djarin, <laughs> right? This warrior on the run kind of thing. Uh, and it's really weird to me that she picks Hunter and the Batch over the family because why would you? Because <laughs> they're going to die. They're, <laughs> they're clearly going to die either at the end of this season or uh, who knows how long they run with it. I think the Batch is going to be really popular and they're not going to get killed off and they are going to have at least a second season. At least I hope so. The fact that it's only a 16 episode season instead of a 20 or 22 like we had with the Clone Wars seasons, I think may be an indicator that we might be in for a one season show. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, I I really like this episode. It, it was a good breather episode. Uh, we, we got to see... Oh, what was that really weird um, monster from Attack of the Clones? It was in the arena. Um, what was it called? It wasn't the Accolade. It wasn't the Reek. What was it? Nexu. That's right. Um, we, we got to see another Nexu. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen one since Attack of the Clones. It, it was animated a little weird. It, it, it was kind of skinny and spindly. Whereas in the in the Attack of the Clones movie, it, it, it looked a little bit more well-fed, which is weird because it's a wild Nexu. I don't know. Maybe I'm digging too much into it and it's just the animation style. But again, thank God for this animation style. I'm so stinking happy they went back to using Clone Wars style of animation rather than the Rebels style of animation. I, I would have, I, I would have been so stinking sad if it was Rebels animation. Everything was, so it, it looked like Veggie Tales. It looked like Star Wars version Veggie Tales. <laughs> Everything was just so round and smooth and shiny, and. Uh, kiddish. I, I just no. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if Kevin Kiner did the soundtrack for Rebels. I know Kevin Kiner did the the soundtrack for Bad Batch, and let's see. Yeah, yeah, he he did do Bad Batch. Um, I'm I'm really happy about that. I I love his scores. Uh, what he did for Clone Wars was fantastic, um, and I I think he's uh he's proving himself to be a very worthy successor to the the John Williams, um era of Star Wars scores. So for season three, 
or season three, episode three, I think we're going to to see the batch go somewhere where they take up maybe some mercenary work or they fight the empire on some big planet that's trying to rebel against them, but they're just getting utterly crushed. I think it's going to be fantastic, and I absolutely 100% cannot wait. But uh, yeah, that's all I had for this episode, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.